Thanks for joining us for the Connect Podcast. I'm Cole Phillips, the lead pastor of the Connection Church, and every week we're going to look into the Bible to find out how God's Word connects to our everyday lives. It's going to be life-changing. The Connect Podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service. Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. Happy New Year, uh, or almost. We're getting close. we got one more day of 2020. We'll have 2020 in the rearview mirror. Now, I do want to welcome you again to the Connect podcast. This is the last one of 2020. And so today I want us to talk about how we can dream bigger dreams in 2021. I think it's still appropriate. God still wants us to dream big dreams. And I hope that you hold on to those big dreams in your life in Ephesians 3.20. You know, God says this, or it says that God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, His Spirit deeply and gently within us. Uh, I love, you know, of course it says, uh, in your wildest dreams. What are your wildest dreams? In fact, your wildest dreams might be so crazy that you are afraid to speak them, to say them out loud. And, you know, sometimes as Christians, we push back on the idea of dreaming and and imagination even, you know. But listen, God has given us the ability to dream. He's given us the ability to imagine. And and kids, if you look at kids, they are are naturally uh, imaginative. They're naturally dreamers. They can imagine anything. Remember the things you imagined as a kid. And then it seems like life kind of takes away our our dreams and we become more what we like to call realistic but as a kid you think anything is possible that is a, a because we are created in the image of god and god is creative god is a creative god albert einstein said this he said imagination is more important than knowledge okay our dreams are what have allowed us as, as people to make every major advancement in history, having that imagination, that divine imagination. And nothing great has ever happened in history until someone starts dreaming. In fact, it's a dream that has created the Connection Church. It's a dream that I believe was born in the heart of God that, that He placed in, in my life to come to this area to start the Connection Church, and everyone needs a dream because your choices are you're either dreaming or you're dying. You're dreaming or you're dying. Our dreams define our life, and if you want to be healthy, you've got to have a dream to live for, and God wants you to use that that capacity and that ability that he's given you, the gift of dreaming. Usually, when somebody steps out to serve God, they have a big dream in their heart. Maybe for you, 
you joined a ministry team at the Connection Church, or you agreed to lead a ministry. You probably had some big dreams. Uh, But then our dreams many times shrink down to the size of our situation. Our circumstances can cause us to pull back from our dreams. And as we get older, we lose our sense of imagination and our dreams start to die. And so we need a little dream stretching. We need some dream expansion. And if you're going to be a leader, listen, you have got to be a dreamer. That's something that is a part of the DNA of the church and of our church in particular, the Connection Church. We are a church that operates in faith. We want to please God. And so Hebrews eleven six says this. So you see, it's impossible to please God without faith. Faith is when we see the invisible. It's dreaming the dream. Hebrews eleven one in the Amplified Version says this. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality, Uh, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Okay, so that's a big, you know, uh, expansion of what is faith. And so I want us to learn today how to dream a bigger dream than you ever have before. As we get into the new year, it's going to take some big dreams to live out and to take the next steps that God is calling us to. I mean, just this year, we've had so many huge steps as a church family. I'm going to go over those. uh, We've gone over those several times. We're going to continue celebrating the victories of 2020 in the middle of the challenges of 2020, but you know, we celebrated um, 93 baptisms um, this year. We provided uh, tens of thousands of nutritious meals to uh, the kids in our village in uh, El Repardero in Guatemala. Uh, the the 15,000 gifts that we gave to students at Hayes and and in San Marcos. Um, you know, just so many, so many opportunities before us that uh, we are celebrating. And we ended the year strong just this past week uh, with so many people coming in, focusing on the message of Jesus at Christmas and that Jesus is God's greatest gift. So let me talk with you about four dream busters, the things that tend to to uh, take away our, our dreams in our life. And, and the first one, would be the people in your life. Uh, sometimes these are what I like to call, uh, you know, maybe it's an old school term, but we call them frenemies. They seem to be friends, but they're really dragging you down. Sometimes people can just discourage you because uh, they just don't get the dream. I know when I uh, moved to this area to start the Connection Church, the very people that I thought would be the proudest of uh, me and say, go and be a big, you know, encourager. Many of them said, that's crazy. What are you thinking? That's never going to work. And I had to press on in spite of uh, what they were saying. Now, I'm not saying you discount their advice. Sometimes, you know, you need to listen. But at the same time, there are just some people that don't understand uh, the dream. In, in fact, uh, with Jesus in Mark chapter six, verses one through six, they they said, isn't he just the carpenter. Uh, isn't that just Mary and Joseph's boy? And uh, sometimes people 
you know, maybe they know you a little too well, so they don't see the potential in your life. Uh, they've become comfortable and familiar, and they don't see what God has placed in your life. In Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of wicked, nor stand in the way of the sinners, or sit in the seat of the mockers. Instead, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And he is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. He's talking about being prosperous in your life. And the first key uh, is to not hang out with the, don't walk with the wicked, don't stand with the sinners, don't sit with the mockers and the scoffers. The more you the more you hang out with them, the more they're going to drag you down to their level. And you see the, the progress here. First, you're walking, you're just walking along with them. And then you start standing around with them, and finally you just sit down and you stop. You're drawn into the negativity yourself. I want people uh, in my life that God talks about where he says, iron sharpens iron. People who challenge me, people who stretch me. I don't need people who say, there's no way that's impossible. It can't be done. I need people who say, uh, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this uh, challenge here? And what you're going to do if this happens, that's different from people who say it's impossible. We've got to have positive attitudes that are God-inspired. The fact is, you know, we're, we say this, we're the average of the five people closest to us. And we tend to perform at the same level as those who are closest to us. And so that's, that's why we need to make sure we look at who are we surrounding ourselves with. Are you surrounding yourself with people who have big God-sized dreams for their life and want to do great things for God. The second uh, dream buster is fatigue, is being tired. When you get worn out, you lose your vision. You start settling for second best and, and you let the details just slide to the side. You start having a pity party. You get satisfied. You get complacent and lazy. And that is so dangerous. Are you just trying to survive? Are you trying to reach the goal that God has placed inside of you? Don't give up. Just rest. Just take a nap. Just uh, get some sleep. And don't make major life decisions when you're down and depressed. Because burnout, you know, it happens when you're not operating in the area of your giftedness. We've been talking in our study in 1 Corinthians on uh, on this podcast and on this uh, this uh, midweek, we've been talking about how God has given us a gift, and that gift is life giving. Uh, burnout happens, and, and it happens when you're not spending time with God regularly. When you're not getting rest, we see this in the life of Elijah after he had um, you know a big battle, um, and he actually had a victory, but then he was worn out because he felt like he was all alone. So the third uh, dream buster is failure, is failure. You know, it's discouraging when we, it seems like you fail, but remember, if you're not failing, sometimes you're probably not trying anything. You're probably not risking enough. Remember, failure is never final. So, so don't build on your failures. Learn from your failures and build on your hopes and your dreams. And then the fourth dream buster in your life 
is uh, is fear. Man, fear has been a defining uh, emotion of 2020, right? Um, but listen, there's always something wrong with every good idea. Don't confuse the dream with problem solving. Don't try to solve all the problems before you dream the big dream. Hold on to that dream and then say, okay, now let's look at what are the problems. And here's the the great thing about having a big dream is there's no limits. Dreaming is totally free. It doesn't cost you anything to dream big God-sized dreams for your life and for what you want to do for the Lord and with the Lord's help. Today's impossibilities are tomorrow's miracles in your life. I think about William Carey, who was a shoemaker in England. And there was nobody really who was going around the world to reach people for Jesus. There was nobody who was a, a world missionary. And William Carey felt the call of God on his life to travel to Burma. And everybody looked at him and said, you're out of your mind. He talked to one group about raising some money. And they said, if God wanted to save the heathen, he'd do it himself. He doesn't need you. But he got on a boat and he went to Southeast Asia to become the first modern missionary. And here's what William Carey said, the first modern missionary. Here's what he said. He said, attempt great things for God, expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God, expect great things from God. Listen, if your biggest expectation you know, for, uh, for God to work in your life is something very small in your life, you know, and then he comes through, um, then, then, you know, that he, he might not even, uh, bother with that in your life. He wants you to dream something big enough that he has to come through when ordinary persons dream big dreams, that person becomes a great person. So I want to talk about three kinds of, of or five kinds of dreamers. Let me tell you about five kinds of dreamers. There, there are because the first one is actually a person with no dream, with no dream. There are a lot of people, and they just live from day to day, and their only goal is just to make it, just to make it through the day, just uh, working for the weekend, just to survive. Survival is the goal. And in Mark chapter ten, verse fifty-one. Jesus came up to this man on the side of the street, and he asked him this question. This is an awesome question. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? That is an awesome question. Can you imagine if God asks you that? What do you want me to do for you? What do you want God to do for you? Ask him. That is your prayer. Ask him, because nothing is impossible for God. (laughs) Have you ever gone shopping uh, without a shopping list. You know, I, when I do that, I go into HEB and I will just wander around for hours. Uh, and then I come out of the store with things that I didn't need and I forget the things that I actually went in there for. <laughs> there are three results when you don't have a dream. When you have no dream in your life, the first one is frustration because you're always in reaction mode. You never accomplish anything that's very meaningful or very important in your life. You're just reacting and it's frustrating. You also, here's another result when you have no dream, it's boredom. You know, you just don't have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. And then the third reason is, uh, is regrets. This is a result 
of, of uh, not having a dream. Without a dream, you look back on your life and you just say, if only, if only. So that's the no dreamers. There's another kind of dreamer, the small dreamers. Okay, my dream is just to retire. Well, great. <laughs> Big deal. Why do we set our dreams so low? Three reasons. One is because dreams make us accountable. And we don't like the pressure of having a dream because once we say it out loud, once we tell someone, once we say it to ourselves, we have an accountability to, to that dream. The second uh, reason we set dreams too low is because of a fear of failure. Okay. Um, and so, um, so let me see here. Um, let me see. Uh, fear of failure, you know, we're afraid. What if I don't do it? What if I don't do it? Uh, I will be embarrassed and it'll make me feel bad about myself and I'll look dumb. You know, I'll look dumb in front of others. And so, um, that's what, that's what I start thinking is, uh, is what are people going to think about me? If I tell somebody, this is my dream. And and so many people don't ever set a dream or announce a dream because it makes them accountable or they may fail. There's also the fear of criticism that people might laugh at us. People might criticize us. They may judge our motives. And so, you know, never be afraid of attempting something great if you're doing it for the right reason. What is the right reason? It's for the glory of God. You put your reputation out there on the line. If, if what you're doing it, it for is for God's glory, listen, if you're doing it for God's glory, even if you don't succeed, even if you don't make it, you'll never be considered a failure because what you're attempting is the greatest purpose in the world. It's the greatest cause in the world. Okay, let me tell you another type of dreamer, and that is the wrong dreams. Make sure that you've got the right dream in your life. We have people in our church, I know, who have incredible potential, incredible talent. They're very brilliant, but some I know are giving their whole life for something that doesn't really last. Okay, I say people many times I see are giving a first class allegiance to a second class cause. Listen, one day you're going to stand before God and he's going to hold you accountable for what he's given to you and what you did with what he gave to you. And I'll tell you one thing for sure. You don't need to spend your life trying to impress people because the applause of people fades very quickly. It doesn't last. There's only one thing that will last forever, and that's the kingdom of God. So that's the the people who have the wrong kind of dream. But then there's other kind of people, they have vague dreams or fuzzy dreams, okay? And uh, you might say, I want to use my life to serve God. I want to make my life count. Well, how are you going to do that? When you look at Jesus, he was intentional and he was purposeful with his life. When he was only 12 years old, he said this. He said, I must be about my father's business 
And then when he died, he made this statement, these three words. He said, it is finished. And that is a successful life. He knew what his purpose was. He fulfilled his purpose and he completed it. All right. But then there is God's dream. God's dream. There are people who have discovered God's vision for their life and they're going for it with everything that they've got. And I'll tell you what, the the Connection Church itself is a testimony of the power of dreaming a big God-sized dream. When when um I remember back in the day and it was, you know, it seems like yesterday. I know it was several years ago, but when my family moved here at our very first service, we had 145 people. And I remember, I couldn't imagine where did all these people come from. But I will never forget standing at Tobias Elementary School as people flooded in and thinking, God is doing something big. Okay, so we're near the end, but I still haven't told you how to dream bigger in your life. And what is that process? I want to share that with you right now. So this is really the good stuff that we're going to get to right now. And the first way to dream bigger, check this out, is step one is to open your mind to God. This is the, the, the step of inspiration. You spend time with God. You get quiet. You get His um, mindset. You get His perspective. Proverbs twenty eight twenty six says, A man is foolish to trust himself, but those who use God's wisdom are safe. Proverbs 2, 6, it is the Lord who gives wisdom. See, wisdom comes from God. We don't just do what we think, what we want, because listen, what we think can be totally wrong. Usually, if it's left up to me, it's going to be wrong. When people say, uh, I had this vision to start this business, but it just didn't work out. Well, maybe it's because That wasn't God's idea to start with. I mean, it might have been, and it might have been God's plan for that purpose, for that moment, you know, in your life. But so often we pray, God, here's what I want to do. Bless this thing I want to do. Instead, we need to pray, God, help me to do what you're blessing. Let me see where you're working. And I want to get in on that. Get a picture of who God is and what God wants to do and how great he is. And when you join yourself with that, Let me tell you, he's going to fulfill that. Job 36, 26, how great God is. God is more than we imagine, okay? So so we got to say, no more little dreams. No more splashing around in the shallow end. I want to do something so big for God that it's bound to fail without God unless he shows up in a big way. And we want to know God's will and then do God's will. So we've got to determine what does God want? Well, he's revealed much of his will in his word. If you want to know God's will, look in his word. The second step is this, get the facts. This is the step of information, okay? Get the facts, the step of information. Proverbs 13, 16 says, every prudent man or woman acts out of knowledge, Proverbs 18, 13, what a shame, how stupid to decide before knowing the facts. You know, we say, don't confuse me with the facts, right? Well, Proverbs 23, 23 says, get the facts at any price. It's so important that we get 
the facts, that we don't just jump in blindly. You might have heard from God. You might be excited about what it is. Now start studying. Start start finding out what you need to know. Don't just be ignorant about it. (laughs) At the Connection Church, we collect the the information. We collect the feedback. In fact, we say feedback is the breakfast of champions, right? So we use our connection card. Now it's more an online connection card. We send out our guest surveys. And then I think a big way to get the facts is just in the way that you present yourself, that you are open, that you're listening, that you're teachable, that you're approachable. People know that. So you got to ask this question, what is it that I need to know? And, and, you know, check out some, some books. Um, it's funny because some people will just look at what somebody else has done and say, well, they did this, so maybe I should do this. Well, my first question when somebody says, well, this church is doing it this way, I start saying, well, how's that working out for them? Is it just that they're doing it or is it, is it working? Is it, is it really effective? The third step is this, get wise counsel. This is the step of consultation. Okay, Uh, the been there, done that principle, somebody who's walked the road before you. Proverbs 24, 6 says the more advice you get, the more likely you are to win. Proverbs 20, 18 says get good advice and you will succeed. You learn from people by asking questions so you can avoid the mistakes they make. You don't have to make every mistake yourself. You can look at somebody else and say, oh, they made that mistake. I don't need to do that. I don't need to go down that road, okay? (laughs) I don't need to walk down that dark alley. Proverbs 18, 15 says, the intelligent man is always open to new ideas. In fact, he looks for them. So the question you need to ask is, who can help me? You don't have to do it on your own, okay? Um, So sometimes we like to look smart. We like to act like we know what we're doing. Um, and then we don't ask questions. We don't listen to people. But listen, you end up looking foolish on the other end because you crash and burn because you didn't ask the right questions. Remember, there are no dumb questions. I like to joke. I say they're only dumb people, but that's just a joke. <laughs> it is dumb if you are prideful, though. So show some humility. Uh, leaders are always learners, and leaders are readers. So you want to be reading. Um, I'm not talking about reading the Facebook feed. I'm talking about getting into a book and reading and learning. Now, uh, step four is this. Sweat the details. This is the step of attention. Um, you've got to come up with a plan and a strategy. And uh, Matthew 25, 23, in the Amplified uh, Version This is the story of Jesus where he says, his master said to him, well done, you upright, honorable, admirable, and faithful servant. You've been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of much. Enter in and, and share the joy, the delight, the blessedness which your master enjoys. It's being faithful with the small things. Sweat the small stuff. Okay. To accomplish big dreams, we've got to do the small things. We want to do the big grand thing. Many times it's the little small steps that get us there. We say small tweaks lead to big peaks. Okay. And um, sometimes 
Uh, it's one small detail that can make all the difference. This is about excellence. And, and the way we define excellence at the Connection Church is doing the very best you can with the resources you have. Listen, we've always had limited resources, but we leverage those for what God has for us next. So the question we ask is this, what small actions will make a big difference? Here's step five. You ready? Count the cost. I'm talking about the step of evaluation. And Proverbs 20, 25 says, it is a trap for a man to dedicate something rashly and only later to consider his vows. Um, sometimes, you know, we, we make these big commitments and we don't count the cost. So ask yourself, is this necessary? Is this just going to be flashy? <laughs> What's going to be the return on my investment? What will it cost? And it's not just a cost of money, but it's a cost of time and leadership. And, you know, ask yourself this, is this worth my life? Because your time is your life. And I know for myself, the Connection Church, the mission of the Connection Church is worth every little bit of energy that I can give it because lives are at stake. And we are all about changing lives and reaching people for Jesus. Now, step six is this, an important step that we don't want to overlook, plan for problems. This is the principle of preparation. Proverbs 20:18 says, "Don't go charging into battle without a plan." Jesus said in Luke 14:28, he says, "No wise builder starts out building without a budget. No king goes off to war without counting the cost." You got to ask yourself, "What am I risking in doing this?" But then we also have to ask another question. What am I risking if I don't do it? There's a risk on either side, right? So Proverbs 22.3 says, A sensible man watches for problems ahead and prepares to meet them. The simpleton never looks and suffers the consequences. So what does this mean? Well, you got to have a positive attitude, but you've got to expect that things don't always work out according to plan. So we expect the best, but we plan for the worst because things will go wrong. If there's one thing we've learned in 2020, it's things will go wrong, right? So don't just stick your head in the sand and ignore the problems and just hope they'll go away. You got it. When you see a problem, don't just look for problems, but you see a problem, uh, go to it, address the problem because the problems will only get worse. Okay, we'll never be 100% successful. Nothing will ever work out perfectly 100%. But, you know, we will try more things that don't work than do work. But we don't call them failures. We call them experiments. We call them an experience. So we get an experience. How do you get experience? Well, you've got to you've got to fail some, right? So the question is, what are the challenges that I could potentially face? How do I respond when I face this challenge? What if we fail? Here's step seven, and that is face your fears. This is the step of confrontation, okay? Man, this is so pertinent to what we're facing right now. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five: fear of man is a dangerous trap, but to trust in God means safety. Okay, the fear of man is a trap. Um, it's not, it's not, am I afraid, but who am I more afraid of people or God? I want to put my faith in God that he, that I want to please him. And and sometimes, (laughs) sometimes people who aren't afraid are just, uh, too dumb to know 
how hard and how dangerous it really is. You know, ignorance can be bliss. But listen, courage is standing up in the face of your fears, knowing that this is going to be hard and risky and you do the hard thing anyway. We've got to choose every day to do the hard things. Proverbs 14, 26 says, reverence for the Lord gives confidence and security. Listen, if God is in it, he's going to bring you through it. Did you hear that? If God is in it, he's going to bring you through it. Now, here is the the final step, and that is step eight, do it now. This is the step of initiation. This is the go. This is the execution. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. And some people sit on the launch pad for too long. They sit on their dreams for too long. The, the way I knew that, that God was totally in what we're doing at the Connection Church and that this is God's plan and this is indeed what He wanted to do here in this place at this time was uh, I stepped out in faith. I didn't have anybody on board when uh, when we got here. And I remember writing out about a dozen things that first week that God did that confirmed that this is his plan. I remember we had a newspaper reporter, local newspaper reporter calling us out of the blue saying, hey, I'd like to do a story on the church. And I didn't even pursue that. You know, uh, we were given the equipment. I mean, it was bare bones, but we were given the equipment that we needed. Um, the different people that I interacted with. I mean, there were just so many ways that God was confirming. And I want us to get really specific in your life, that you get specific on applying this. Let me ask you, what are your dreams that, that you're dreaming, that God is placing in your heart for 2020? Okay? What is it that God wants to do through your life in this coming year? I know for me, you know, it, it always comes down to, I want to see more people come to know Christ. I want to take more people to heaven, you know, with me. Uh, there's an urgency now like never before. I want to see people grow spiritually and flourish spiritually uh, to see more spiritual growth in their life. I want to see us as a church taking more big steps of faith as a church um, you know, God wants to do so much. And so, you know, it's hard sometimes to say these things out loud, but um, what it starts with is it starts with prayer. That's remember step one, seek God's face and pray. And so I want to do that with you right now. I appreciate you staying with me through this. I hope this, these are some steps that you'll begin to put into practice and think through uh, this this week. And uh, let me pray with you as we begin to apply these steps to our life. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for each person uh, who's listening, who's viewing this right now. God, I pray that you would help us, God, to, to determine and to discern the dreams that you're placing in our hearts, knowing that it's not going to be easy. But God, with you, nothing is impossible. Help us to continue to look to you, to step out in faith, not to let our dreams die, but God, to have a reason each and every day to get up, to know that you want to use us for your purpose. And you're not done with us yet, God. Your dream still stands. And God, we thank you that we believe and we're trusting, we're proclaiming, God, in faith, that the best is still yet to come. We're offering ourselves to you in Jesus' name. 
Amen. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today on this day before New Year's Eve. I hope you have a safe and blessed New Year, and I hope you have a uh, blessed rest of the week. I look forward to seeing you uh, in person if you're able to come on Sunday. If not, we will also see you online. Thank you so much. Be blessed, and we will talk with you soon. Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast.